Joining today's podcast is my good friend, Mark Sauer, the National Crosschecker's e-scout for the Oakland A's. Welcome, Mark. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a really good show to get a perspective from a scout. Uh, we talked to a lot of pitching coaches, uh, GMs, and uh, I think you'll have a unique point of view. Definitely. Uh, I wanted to talk with you about command and control and how you scout it. For example, Mike Leitzinger drafted my son for the Yankees out of Dallas Baptist, and he's already in AAA. And according to fan graphs, he has the highest command rating of any Yankee minor leaguer. And he's ranked number 16's Yankees prospect. Uh, he sits low 90s and was a senior sign. So clearly Mike is a great scout to see that so far in advance. Uh, you also have a great reputation as a scout. So I wanted to have you on the show to see what do you look for in pitchers? Yeah, you bring up a great point. I mean, I think all pitchers are a little bit different. Um, our job as scouts is to try and figure out what makes each individual pitcher a little bit unique that's going to allow them to advance through the minor leagues and ultimately get to the big leagues and either help our team win or you know, we get some kind of valuable trade compensation back for them that helps our team win. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, some of the easier things um, when you're scouting pitchers is to see the stuff, um, you know, just read the radar gun with the velocity. And obviously, you know, nowadays the spin rates are important on both the fastball and the breaking ball. But I think you make a good point. And, um, you know, the control and the command aspect of it has gotten a little bit lost in the shuffle these days, I think. So, um, you know, ultimately when you're talking about pitching in the big leagues, that aspect of it is definitely just as important, if not even more important than just the pure stuff. Yeah. Cause I I've heard uh, from other organizations that, uh, you know, we can train velocity. We know how to do that. Uh, some things they don't really know how to train are command and control and, uh, and, and character. I know character is another big one because uh, it's hard and you have to overcome a lot of adversity. You have to be a, a strong willed person. Uh, so I think character also has a big play in that too. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with that. You know, at some point we see a lot of similar packages stuff wise, I would say with pitchers. Um, so that character aspect of it, I think, is kind of what separates some guys when you get to those upper levels as well, um, or it can even prevent guys from reaching their ceiling, you know, even at the lower levels. Maybe they never get to double A or triple A and give themselves a chance to get called up because the character and, and determination and that kind of thing is not in place. So I know you know some of our pitching coaches well, Emo, Scott Emerson, yeah. and, and Gil Patterson. I know you've talked to those guys, and they're good really friends. Fortunate to have them. I know they're good friends of yours, and you know Emo was my pitching coach in A ball a long time ago with the A's. So oh, I, I didn't know that. A long time, yeah. So those guys are great, but it's it's difficult, and you know that's one of the things I think as a scout, it's a little bit difficult to do on our end is really get to know these kids. Uh, well enough I mean there's obviously some telltale signs that are obvious when you're watching a picture but a lot of well, times what, turn, well, well what yeah. would those kind of telltale like say you were scouting a high school kid or even a college kid sure what would be the kind of things that would tell you hey this guy might have something 
Yeah, I mean, I think on the character end of it, it's on the positive side, just kind of battling through adversity. I mean, you know, especially high school, and you're going to go see games where the defense behind them just isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, you know, catchers may not be able to handle that kind of stuff that we're looking at. So it it can be easy to a certain degree for guys to get frustrated, but I think, you know, guys who pick up their teammates, guys who keep battling, you know, hey, smack the catcher on the butt, get the next one, because you're going to need that catcher to block a breaking ball in the dirt or, you know, throw out a runner trying to steal at some point. So there's there's aspects like that, just how they interact with their teammates, how they respond to coaches going to the mound. I mean, I've seen guys yell at coaches when they come out, you know, um, even after the game. I mean, I've been at games where, you know, kids have you're cursing at their parents after the game when wow. they're frustrated, stuff like that. So it's some of that stuff kind of slaps you right in the face and it's easy to see. Um, and then, you know, part of our job is especially the area scouts, because they see these guys more, but to kind of do a little background check, talk to some, you know, coaches, obviously, but if they work at a facility in the wintertime, that's a separate coach, try and, you know, contact those people and see what kind of work they put in in the off season. And, you know, some guys even go as far as guidance counselors at schools and teachers and stuff like that. Um, you know, and you can hear sitting behind the plate or down the line at high school games, um, you can hear a lot of parents talk. And, you know, sometimes you hear them, hey, this kid's great. He gets along with everybody. And sometimes you hear the opposite. So, I mean, obviously you have to look into, because there could be some ulterior motives from parents, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. but there's stuff that you just you know, you never know when you go to the ballpark, what you're going to hear or what you're going to see that day. And it kind of all, you know, comes into play when you, you do your final report on that guy. Yeah. So uh, in terms of command and control that, um, how has that kind of evolved in scouting over the years? Like, it seems to me that uh, too much, too often people are kind of just looking at the radar gun and it's like, uh, how would they scout command and control as opposed to just looking at a radar gun? Yeah. So it definitely, I believe has evolved over the years. Like you said, um, I just think now in the present day, and you kind of hit on it a little bit, but a lot of these kids are trained just to throw hard to get, you know, the best break on off speed pitches, you know, breaking balls, change ups, I think have got lost in the shuffle a little bit, which is a shame because it's, you know, you talk yeah, you about change. yeah, changing yeah. speeds is a big part of pitching. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, a change up can be a should be an integral part of your, you know, mix for sure. Definitely if you want to be a starter and you're trying to go through a lineup two or three times. But yeah, and that's yeah. a field pit, and that's a field pitch. So that's part exactly. of the control. Yeah. And that's a good point. I mean, the feel is is an excellent word for kind of what we're talking about. I just I don't think there's as much feel nowadays. It's just all kind of grip and rip. And, you know, in the scouting industry, we've been kind of discussing this for the last probably five years or so. And it's just it's a little bit unfortunate because I think the baseball industry is kind of doing a disservice to developing pitchers a little bit. Um, you know, the drills that they do is all about just throwing hard, like you said. Um, you know, these guys at a lot of the facilities that are more well-known, you know, they have the track man and that stuff's all great, but you also have to be able to work in the strike zone. So it's, um, you know, I think the feel part of it, like you said, has kind of been sacrificed a little bit. 
I think a lot of the younger kids feel like the harder you throw, the better chance you have to get drafted or signed, which, you know, there's to a certain degree does play part of it, but it's not the whole picture. So, um, you know, it's just, you go out and do a lot of the stuff that we do in the summer, high school wise. And, you know, my son's 16, he's a junior in high school now. So I see a lot of his peers and, but just even scouting, like we do a lot of these, you know, East coast pro showcases, area code games, a lot of the perfect game stuff. We only see pitchers going inning or two at a time. And it's kind of, you know, we're, so it's almost, that's what we've been talking about as a scouting industry. It's almost like we're developing relievers, so they can yeah. just go out, they can air it out, they can throw as hard as they want, they try and get a swing and miss on every breaking ball. Um, and I think, you know, it's obviously been a while now since I played in the minor leagues, but, you know, I remember going over stuff with Emo after every start, and I kind of did it myself on days I wasn't pitching, just sitting in the dugout, keeping a chart, watching hitters, kind of reading hitters. So when I pitched against those yeah. guys again, I would have a little bit of an idea of what my game plan was. I don't I don't see anybody really doing that anymore. Yeah, so. because when you're doing that thing, to execute that kind of plan, you have to have command. If you just have control, right. you're not going to be able to execute any kind of command. For sure. And uh, uh, we were talking about that in a few episodes where I, I think the best thing you do as a pitcher is to, uh, of course, you, your number one job is to get out. But I think the best thing you do is get, get the most out with the least amount of pitches. Sure. Yeah. I think a big part of that too, which, you know, this whole process that we've kind of evolved into is, you know, I've always told guys that I work with pitching wise or, you know, watch that ask me my advice. I mean, you have to be your own pitching coach on the mound for me. So you have to know, you know, where, where you're off with your body from start to finish. Maybe it's release point at the end, but I think we've kind of limited a lot of the guys in their ability to think on their own, really. I mean, we're just providing everything like, okay, here's your printout. You look at a screen and you see spin rate, you see the location of where the ball was and, you know, okay, maybe we got to change a grip here, which we've always done. You know, they talk so much about pitch development, stuff like that, or pitch design. They have fancier names for it now, but guys have always played around with grips yeah. and, you know, you talk to Maddox and read his stuff. He changed grips every time he played catch to see, you know, what would work. Yeah. So that end of it, I think, you know, we just haven't allowed some of these pitchers to really figure out their bodies and, you know, and how to stay healthy and, and pitch. And yeah, you have to have stuff, but a big part of it is, you know, like you said, being able to get outs on, you know, hopefully the least amount of pitches as possible so we can get deep into a game. Yeah, yeah, because that gives value to a team. It gives your team sure. a chance to win. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, they, they they think they'll get scouted or drafted if they're throwing really hard. Uh, I've, I'll bet you've seen pitchers throw really hard that you kind of just thought, I'll pass, you know? Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like you said, there's there's different – you know, aspects of the whole process, but it's a I mean, package. Ideally, yeah. Ideally, the higher you are in the draft, I mean, you want to draft starters. I mean, that's what's harder to find in the big leagues. It costs more to, you know, if you want to just go out and sign a starter, those guys cost a lot more than most relievers. I mean, there's some closers that make a lot of money, but, but yeah, it has a lot more value for our organization if we can draft and develop guys that can start in the big leagues. So, 
yeah, there's a lot of guys that'll be out there and just, you know, grunting and max effort up there at 96, 97, but maybe they don't have even an average breaking ball and the command is below average or well below average. And, you know, at that point you try and figure out, you know, really how much value is this guy going to have long-term? Yeah. Yeah. I I've seen, uh, it seems to me like a really marked uh, change at double a where the batters are more selective. And if you just have a fastball at 95 to hundred down the middle, it's not going to work. You know, it's like you're throwing hard, but you know, you, if you can't command it, if it's right down the middle, it's going out of the park, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just on the, the flip side of the coin. I mean, I think a lot of these hitters see that velocity a lot more often now, whereas years ago, if you hit 95, that was something the hitters don't yeah. see all the time, but now, yeah. you know, so many guys train for the velocity and they do throw hard, but you know, it's not a big deal for a hitter to dig in there and see 95 straight down the middle anymore. Yeah, that's why changing speeds is so important. Right, you know? exactly. So uh, how would you describe control and how would you describe command? Because I think too often I found people actually confuse them. Okay. Yeah, yeah so for me, control is, is just the ability to work in the strike zone. I mean, that's something that you can even just look at the stat sheet and kind of see how many yeah. walks per nine. I mean, you know, average is about three, you know, major league wise. So obviously if you're a lot higher than that in college or high school, that's, that's an issue. I mean, it's going to be harder, like you said, as you advance up and get the double a and that strike zone shrinks and hitters are better. So right. I, at the control aspect of it is kind of a broader, um, you know, painting there for me, um, the command part of it, for me is, you know, ideally a pitch called in a certain location, the ability to execute that pitch to the location. Um, you know, Emo always gives a good line and I, I like it. He, he always says, you know, your pitcher's job when you get to the big leagues, if you're really good, you try and make balls look like strikes and strikes look like balls. Yeah, so, Emo has so many great things. things. Yeah, he has so many sayings, but um, but I like that one because I think, you know, when you think about it from a hitter's perspective, if you think the pitch is off the plate and it winds up, the movement of it brings it back over the plate, you know, it's harder to hit and then reverse, you know, if it looks like a strike and then you can get it out of the zone, maybe you get a swing and miss. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I, like yeah and I think that a command also is a being able to throw a pitch anywhere you want in or out of the zone, because sure. uh, as you move up, uh, you need to claim the whole plate. So you can't let a batter, you know, claim part of the plate or you're going to have a hard day, you know? For sure. Yeah, no doubt. As those hitters get better, it's, you have to have the ability to throw, you know, all quadrants of the plate for sure. And like you said, expand off of it, especially when you get ahead in the count. Or if you get hitters that are super aggressive early in the count, you know, you expand off the plate a little bit, and it'll help you. So, um, so if you were scouting uh, uh, for control, clearly you can look at the stats or look at the game. Uh, but, you know, I made that command tracker target because I, I found there wasn't really a good way to uh, train and measure command. And uh, so how would you train, how would you measure command in a game uh, without looking at the video very intently for hours, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a little bit more difficult. I think 
for a lot of the stuff that we do scouting wise is a little easier when you get to the college level, but um, you know, the high school level, obviously kids are a little bit less refined and stuff like that. But um, one of the ways that I try and do it is just to really pay attention to where the catcher's setting up. Um, you know, especially if it's later in the count and he's shifted maybe to a third of the plate or on the corner. Uh, at least I know that the pitcher's trying to throw it to that side of the plate. Um, you know, it, it's hard without knowing what the pitch call is. You know, it, it could be a fastball up or a fastball down. But if the catcher, yeah, well, he could be putting a glove. It's a start right. point. And he wants it here. Exactly. You know? So it's hard to really know when you don't have all the info like that to see if, how well he's really executing. But at least I can tell that he was trying to maybe work away to a righty and he got the ball there instead of leaving it arm side and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it is probably a little more difficult to train, like you said, than some other stuff. I mean, I do like your command tracker deal because it not only gives the strike zone, but the, you know, the row around the strike zone where you said, you know, you yeah, can the shadow zone. Them. Yeah. Cause yeah. that, that target gives you the intended location, which could be a five by seven square or multiple five by seven squares. So you can have an area, right. but it also has another thing called good misses. So you can define what squares are a good miss because if you're training your pitchers to execute their idea, if you're going to go low and away, go really low and away if you miss, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, for sure. I agree 100%. Yeah. So uh, good news is uh, there are a couple of really good colleges already using command trackers. So I'm sure oh, good. You, know, you can ask them, hey, what's your control percent for your pitchers? Yeah. Uh, you know, like Dallas Baptist is one. Uh, Louisiana Tech is another one. Uh, those are kind of like leaders in uh, in college uh, technology. Great. Yeah, so, that's great. Hopefully more uh, jump on board. It's definitely a good tool. I hope so. I I really believe it's a, a great tool for training an area that hasn't been really focused on, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you were uh, scouting a kid sure. and you wanted to project uh, if he's going to have command as he gets older, any kind of like things you would see that would kind of give you a hint yeah I think um you know outside of just the sheer desire to do it because I like we talked about it, I think a lot of kids get caught up in just the other stuff you know outside of that but um you know just guys that have the the mental toughness and the willpower to yeah. just focus on doing Absolutely. it with every pitch I that's mean, a huge part of command right you know yeah. it's like if, if you – I'm a big fan of the idea of thoughts become things. I always right. say that. Yeah. And I believe you can have negative thoughts in your mind, but I also think you need that positive, that I'm throwing that pitch in that spot, and here's how it's going to move. And you know as a pitcher, if you have that mindset, it's so important. Sure. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, even could take it as far as, you know, I always tell guys who are struggling with command a little bit or, or anything really, but – just from the time you pick up a baseball every day, when you go to play catch, don't just go play catch to warm up and go through the motions. Really, throw to a glove, throw yeah, to something, yeah. something out, whether it's one shoulder, the other shoulder, the belt, face, whatever it is. But every throw, you have an opportunity to work on something, and yeah, then it gets it gets ingrained, right? Right. Yeah, you can go out and waste 30, 40, 50 throws just getting your arm loose, or you could focus on every single one, make sure your feet are in the right place and work on a release point or change-ups, you know, when you're coming back in or two-seam, whatever it is at shorter distances. But 
but yeah, I think that's a huge part of it. Just like you talked about the mental aspect of it and, and the willingness to really lock in and be focused every time you throw a ball. Cause that's as pitchers, that's a hard thing. You can't just go out like a hitter and take 500 swings a day. So you got to, you have to make the most of whatever work you're doing that day. In my Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I always yeah. described a drill that uh, my son did, which one of them was I had four by fours stacked up in like a wall. Okay. Uh, there was a target on that. It was a different target than he used for training. Okay. And uh, he had to throw the ball at a target. The ball would bounce erratically because it hit a corner of a four by four. And okay. go, I had to, you have to feel that ball. And then he had to throw that ball to a target, like towards first base. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so every part of that drill was focused on uh, uh, intent, you know, hitting a spot. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so all the training was okay. You're trying to throw hard, or you're trying to field, but it was always about throwing to a spot, like you said. Yeah. 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 And then when you once you get past that, you know, just the focus of it, I think some. Yeah, I say athleticism doesn't always have to be, you know, a guy that can run fast or dunk a basketball, but maybe more of a better way to explain is just the feel for your body, you know, trying to have a repeatable delivery. Um, You know, obviously the more looseness that's there usually allows you to stay a little bit more healthy and find a consistent release point as opposed to the, the real stiff guys that are more, you know, either real muscle bound or just not very flexible. Um, but yeah, that- and I see some guys throw, I cringe. Cause like, I, I feel like they're falling apart if they keep throwing that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. And then, you know, that kind of leads into your, your arm action and delivery stuff where, you know, like I always tell people that you watch TV, there's going to be guys in the big leagues that look different, but there's always some, you know, little focal points you look for where they're at at foot strike, um, you know, there's the effort of it. Like we just talked about the stiffness, you know, if your arm action's severely offline or stride is severely offline, stuff like that. So I, I think there's some room, some margin for error in there with pitching because everybody's bodies work a little different and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, um, but yeah, there are definitely things that would lead you to believe maybe an injury or maybe command issues could come into play down the road at some point. Yeah, I always described uh, the mechanics for command is if you were trying to throw uh, from a rowboat that was rocking, you probably could hit spots by timing the waves and all that. Right. But wouldn't it be better to have a still head, calm body, and control from, uh, you know, from ground? Yeah. You'll have a much better chance of having command. So I think, yeah, you can have command by rocking around, but... Yeah, uh, I think it's better to have a quiet. I I think the head is also the biggest one. If I see the head ragging off, uh, you see I tend to see, you know, poor command when I see that. Sure. Yeah, it's it's you know a difficult line to walk, I guess, in the scouting world. I mean, ideally, you know, we're trying to get guys in the system where guys like Gil and Emo obviously don't have to make an overhaul in, in deliveries. I mean, you don't want that, but you do have to give them some kind of stuff too to work with. So, so I think that's what you're trying to find as a scout kind of that in an ideal world. I mean, those guys go in the first round that have everything, you know, the good delivery and the stuff, but like, like you said, it's, there are definitely certain things, 
you know, that are harder for pitching coaches to kind of deal with and, and, you know, develop that command and control. But if they have that down, I think it's sometimes easier to maybe play with a grip or, you know, add a little cutter or yeah. something like that than it is to get somebody to stop doing something with their body that they've been doing for a long time. Yeah. Or like, for example, if you saw a guy you really like, but you see his head, you know, lots of problems moving his head and you realize that if he could manage to get his head still, he'll probably have better command. You could probably sure. go to Gil and say, uh, here's this guy, take a look. Uh, what do you think if we can get his head to whatever? And he would give you an idea of, yeah. is that hard to do or not hard to do, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do that, I don't say all the time, but a handful of times every spring I'm out watching games and, you know, there's a guy I really like the stuff and I kind of think I have an idea of what we would need to do, but I'll send it over to Gil or Emo and just say, hey, what yeah. are your thoughts? You know, is this somewhat of an easy fix or is this going to be something that's always going to kind of be a battle with this guy to, to try and figure it out? So, yeah. And Gil and Emo are an enormous resource because all their experience, knowledge that they have, uh, that, that's a treasure trove to have. For sure. Yeah. 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 They're both great. You know, we were talking about uh, the mental part with uh, Gil a lot, and we talked about uh, Doc Holliday and how yeah. he had a highest ERA in the majors for anyone over 100 innings, and that got sent down and then uh, worked with Dorfman okay. on his mental, changed his arm slot, went back to the majors and become an, all, an awesome pitcher. Right. Uh, Greg Maddox kind of did the same kind of thing, had a mental, you know, uh, roadblock. I think uh, Gil said he also worked with Dorfman. Okay. Uh, have you seen that kind of thing where a, a player that you're scouting, it's like, I, I think there's a mental, you know, component to what he needs to train, like get tougher or more focused, you know? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens you know, on different ends. I mean, there's even guys, we have a kid in our minor league system right now, Tyler Baum, who was a high pick and had really good stuff at UNC. And for whatever reason around that COVID time kind of lost his feel. Um, and he, they tried a lot of different things with them. And finally, you know, it just clicked on, you know, getting in there, his confidence came back. He's able to work in the strike zone and he had a great year this year. Awesome. Um, so, you know, that stuff, but again, like you talk to Gil and, and everybody, you know, the mental, the performance coaches that talk to him, it was, he never gave up. He was always willing to try something else. If, you know, if one thing didn't work on the, the pitching mechanic side, then he was looking for an avenue on the mental side or watching video or, you know, whatever it was, he was mentally tough enough and he wanted it bad enough that he was going to just keep plugging away until he figured out, you know, how to make an adjustment and get it back. So, yeah. um, you know, that happens. And kind of like you talked about too, um, getting to that double A level, you see guys that are starters all the time and they get the double A and maybe they go into the bullpen and, you know, they get a little uptick in low and, you know, but those guys, a lot of times they have that mental toughness to be able to pitch at the end of the games. And then you have some guys that we've had that get to that level and they kind of take it the other way. They feel like they're slighted a little bit. They still think they're a starter and it just kind of, they never adapted a bullpen and they fizzle out there. So, 
Um, you know, two of the guys that that kind of stick in my head on that are Andrew Bailey and Lou Trevino. I mean, those guys were both college starters, smaller schools in the Northeast. Um, were pretty good up until double A, but kind of hit a little wall there, flipped to the bullpen, and then they both, you know, had very good, you know, points in their career as as relievers in the major leagues. So um yeah, it's just it's hard because every every person's their own individual, but um, you know, that that willingness to kind of battle through and you know, you still got a uniform on, you still got the ball in your hand and a chance to get hitters out. So, you know, you got to do whatever you have to do to be able to, to have success. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I made up a list uh, of things that I thought were really important for a pitcher. Uh, I'd like to know what you think are the top four. I'm going to show you the list on, on the screen. Okay. And I just want to know what you think are the kind of the most important four that uh, are needed. So the items are not in any kind of order. It's a, the first one is character, uh, command, changing speeds, movement, max velocity, sequencing, reading batters, and mental toughness. How would you order those? All right. Um, my top four, I would say, out of that group would be command, uh, changing speeds, mental toughness which i guess you could tie character into that a little bit although it could be different as well yeah. and then um i think still think reading batters is important like we talked about i think that's a little bit of a lost art and i guess if i was cheating a little bit to get one more in there i think after you read the batters i think you then have to know how to sequence your pitches to get them out oh absolutely you know for example uh part of uh the need for command is that if you read batters, as you know, as a pitcher, uh, he takes is a flinch or he doesn't flinch or he's hunting your your slider. You have to know how to read that. Then you have to know, well, what pitch should I throw to, to counter that? Sure. And then you have to know you have to have the command to execute that pitch. So yeah. it's kind of like a package you know sure yeah and they're all i mean you can't go wrong like you said there's no right or wrong answer with that group of of words there to to explain pitching for sure they're all important yeah yeah so uh it's been great having you on the show i i, I love having a perspective that's been different from the other guests and and that's how you learn you know we learn from each other for sure. I love talking about pitching and, and all aspects of the game, for sure. But it, it's definitely fun to pick each other's brain. Yeah. I, I think Gil was saying, why don't we have a a, a show where you have uh, me and Gil and Emo on the show? And that, yeah. that's going to be that's going to be a great, you know, because when I talk to people all the time, it's uh, he has so many great sayings. He's just a great. Oh, yeah, coach. he does. For sure. For you sure. Know. He has a lot of a lot of great info. He just tireless worker he's always at it to try and figure out something to get his pitchers better so absolutely absolutely the best all right mark thanks a lot and uh have a great day you too wayne take care thanks for having me all right